Entonces hay que ser positivos, yo lo digo siempre. Y luego si viene una debacle o viene que no se cumplen los objetivos, pues oye, a seguir intentándolo. Pero hay que ser positivos, hay que afrontar la vida como, como tal, ¿no? Con positivismo. Yo soy así y me gusta pensar siempre en que van a venir cosas buenas. Hello, hello. Welcome to Siempre Positivo after a brilliant weekend of football in La Liga, especially for Barcelona as they came from two goals down to beat Celta Vigo 3-2 at Montjuic. All three of those goals coming in the final 10 minutes. Two from Robert Lewandowski and one from João Cancelo, the match winner. Elsewhere in La Liga, there was a win for Girona. They're the team now level pegging Barcelona at the top of the table with 16 points because Real Madrid's unbeaten record has gone. They were beaten by Atletico Madrid 3-1 in the derby to leave Barca and Girona as leaders. I'm Sam Marsden and as ever we are joined by Rick Sharma and Tony Wanmati. Rick, how are you? Molbe, Molbe. Molbe, straight in with the Catalan, good. Very Well, two Catalan teams, top of the league. All oh, right, I get it, I get it, I get it. I feel like it's the first time we've, we've heard it from you. Tony, ¿qué tal? Good morning, how are you? Fine, fine, fine. I'm, I'm happy to to listen Rick speaking Catalan. I think uh, it's the first time I listen him saying something in Catalan in the three years that I, or more, no, more than three, in the six years that I, I, I know him. Probably more than six. Yeah, probably more than six, no? When, when did we meet first? Good question, eh? I don't know. M- must have been in sport in 20... We started in 2014 when we first moved over, or I first moved over. 2014, so you are almost 10 years in sport. Wow. So it's 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 impressive how you keep motivated. Eh? It's it's uh, good to praise that you are still motivated uh, after ten years. Great. <laughs> when did you start in sport, Tony? Two thousand and fifteen, sixteen. Ah uh, no, two thousand eleven. Two thousand eleven. As as a becario. Yes, as a becario, for six months internship, and then uh, it was between uh, September and January, but then. Uh, on summer, they called me to work in the online section uh, during summer. And since that moment, uh, I never again left. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of more than more than 10 years. Yes. Also. Well, that, that's not true. You did leave. You left to Relevo and then you came back. Well, no. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to say that I didn't leave until, yes, until last year I left and now um, I'm back. But no, 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 I didn't know that you were already nine years in sport. eh? Great. Also great was Barcelona's comeback, obviously we touched on in the intro, but just to relive again, because there was a a real buzz going into that game at the weekend after Barca's back-to-back 5-0 wins, the impact Jao Filo and... Jao Filo? Jao Felix and Jao Cancelo. Maybe if you mix the two, it'd be Jao Filo. um, Have had on this Barca side... But it was a little bit of a little bit of a setback, I guess. The first sort of half, the first hour, Celta Vigo sat back. Were very, very good on the break, or it felt like they were. I don't know how much it was to do with with Celta being good and Barca having an off day. We'll we'll get into that. But they took the lead through Jorgenstern Larsen in the first half, and then Barca, you know, sort of as they threw caution to the wind in the second half. Increasingly, Javi making two changes at the break after an enforced change in the first half. Frankie de Jong coming off injured. Will speak a little bit about that later. But yeah, Barca throwing throwing bodies forward, leaving very few bodies behind. And Celta eventually scored a second goal through Tassos Duvicas in the 76th minute. And I guess what most impressed me after that goal was the sort of the the atmosphere still sort of lifted. There was still sort of a belief in, in Montjuic. Obviously, we've spoken about concerns about going there. I think They've made it at home quite quickly and that helped, I think. I mean, it would have been easy for people to, you know, leave, pour out and 
not get behind the team from there. But, you know, they, they roared Barcelona and in 81st minute, the, the first goal arrived, a brilliant chipped pass from from João Felix. Lewandowski with a really good sort of lobbed finish as well, which bounced in off the, the underside of the bar. Four minutes later, another Lewandowski goal. Um, good pass from Rafinha, who'd come off the bench between the lines to find Cancelo, who'd got to the byline. He pulled it back, Lewandowski finished. And then the winner in the 89th minute, 10 minutes of madness in in Montjuic, Gavi's cross, finding Cancelo somehow. There's a great image of this where you can't even really see Cancelo as he makes this run between four bodies, but Gavi's picked him out. Cancelo gets there and the finish is absolutely brilliant. And Barca sealed a 3-2 win to maintain the unbeaten start to the season and temporarily moved top and then permanently moved top after Madrid lost the derby on Sunday. Rick, where do we start with that comeback? Whew. Big question. It's just one of those where it's all wrapped into the same thing. Like you want to say, is it a good performance or a bad performance? And it's it's a bad one, but with a fantastic ending and, and great signs that this Barca are different to Barca's we've seen in the past. As Xavi was very keen and very quick to point out in his press conference after the game, how he was talking about how this Barca has a different winning character and they would have lost this game in the past. And this is the sort of comeback that Barca just don't make, but they did. And then he pointed out Gavi, Balde, lots of the young players. He was like, these people have different energy and different ideas to, to the previous generations. Maybe talking about, for example, all the, the veterans who, who have left the club in the last year or so. But I, I, mean, I think Cancelo is the obvious starting point for me because he had quite a poor game. But then it sort of showed both sides of his coin in the game because in the last 10 minutes, he was absolutely sensational to help Barca win this game, setting up the, the second goal and then scoring the third. And for me, that's what you get with Cancelo, but not just Cancelo, but what we're going to get, it seems, with Barca this season. Because if, if it's going to be a team where the fourth midfielder is Joao Felix, where Cancelo is, is playing as a fifth midfielder, then we're going to see a Barca which does get caught on the counter like Celta did in this game. And they are going to let in goals, unlike last season. But we're also going to see a lot, lot more exciting things in attack from Barca than we saw last season, which was a very strange campaign. I mean, we thought it was a bit strange at the time how Barca was so solid defensively and so sort of kind of blunt in attack beyond Lewandowski's finishing in the first half of the season. And this season, it's, it's almost flipped to be the total opposite, where we have Lamine Yamal bursting through. Ferran Torres has been in sort of good goal-scoring form. Rafinha is quite dynamic. And then and then Cancelo is, is adding wings to the attack when, when he drives forward. So I think Cancelo is, is the player to look at and to look at the whole situation of the team, not just him. I like that. Yeah, like you say, the thing that Javi said about the generational change in society and Barca not having to come back like that before. I do want to come back to that in a minute. But Tony, just on the game for you, um, you were at the Olympic Stadium on, on Saturday. What did you make of the game and what was the the key to the Barcelona comeback? Is it just as simple as um, faith, like Javi says, and sort of that desire to win? Or do you think it was more to do with the changes that Javi made? I mean, at the end, Barca were playing, I guess it was kind of like 2-2. Two, two, 3-1. Does that make sense? They had two centre-backs. They had Cancelo popping in alongside Gavi. Then they almost had like a line of... Well, I've lost track now. They had Gundogan, Rafinha and Jao Felix sort of all in sort of number 10 roles. Or wide was Lamine Mal and Balde and then Lewandowski up front. Do you think it was to do with changes or do you think it was just, you know, pure sort of desire to win and belief? I honestly think uh, you won because uh, you were lucky 
you are, of course, apart to apart from having luck, you have to keep the desire of winning because otherwise uh, there's no luck possible. So yeah, you you kept the desire at least of keeping of keep fighting. But I don't think it was magical like the the changes that uh, Barca did. No, this is like when you how can I tell you this? When like in in some films in like in some movies there is someone who needs a lot of money to pay, otherwise they will kill him. No, it's like they take all the money that they have saved and they go to the casino, <laughs> and if they have fifty thousand euros. They go to all or nothing in the casino, like, okay, I'm desperate. Let's see if I can double all in to the, to the red. And then I can go from 50,000 to 100,000. Otherwise, I, 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 I lose everything and I kill myself. So at the end, I think it's what Xavi did that like, okay, nothing to lose. Let's go with all strikers. Let's create the chaos with everybody attacking. So it was the Russian roulette. And on this time, you were lucky because Celta had also some counterattacks to to score another one, and 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 in, in, it's not true that you created several chances, eh? Because if you take a look on the game, you created apart from these chances only one more that Ferran missed with 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 a nil two and a shot from Araujo, but it was not for me a, a real chance. So you had three chances when you created the chaos and you scored and you won. But I don't think that uh, you created 25 chances with the changes that Xavi made. And then the, the scenario was completely different. I still think what we saw in 10 games, you would lose nine. But yeah, uh, it, it, it also can help you to change your mentality for other games to keep the faith until the end. So this is this is for sure the the good part, but uh, I wouldn't uh, make any other magical conclusions on this. One thing I agree with about Tony with the luck was, and it's going to sound very strange, but I think Barca were lucky they let in the second goal because after the first goal, the way the game was going, Barca hadn't really created much, like Tony said, and Celta were counterattacking a bit. But after the second goal, that was what kind of made Barca go crazy, and they were like. It was almost like this. It was too much of an insult to have let in the second goal, and they suddenly went absolutely berserk, and they started chasing, chasing Celta around with, with the high press. Lewandowski was was sprinting like I've never seen him sprint before since he's joined Barca to try and win the ball back. And it was all because of the second goal. When it was just one goal, Barca weren't giving that full level of of commitment almost in attack. But after the second one, they went absolutely crazy. Rick, what Tony says as well. Obviously, I mean. A lot of fun that game, and I had great, great fun watching it and watching the comeback. There's nothing. I think it made me think actually. There's not not many things better in football like watching than than a comeback. Like it's much better to watch a team come back. In that, I mean, that's a extreme example of a comeback. But just the the euphoria it creates is so good. But what, what Tony says about perhaps beyond just the three points from Saturday, the long term effects this could have from the for this Barca side, having, you know, come on the back of the 5-0 wins, if they'd have then lost, it would have been a real sort of blow, wouldn't it, to their sort of morale. Obviously, obviously losing is a blow to morale, but to come back and win and to have that feel you've now got that in the locker could be significant moving forward, couldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why Javi was so keen to almost press the narrative onto his press conference after the game. He was coming out with all these phrases and no one had asked him really, uh, sort of mentioning these words that he was coming up with. 
he was just so keen to put that story out there because he's seen what a story can do. We've seen it countless times with Real Madrid. I mean, they're the, the team that you know normally gets these comebacks, or at least that's the idea around Madrid. I think the actual stats show they haven't always, you know, they don't always come back. But certainly that narrative around Madrid has helped them in big games, has given opponents fears and worries. And if, and if, if Barca can have this in their locker and, and then in ne- next time they manage to do it, they start building on this narrative and then they build a narrative around this generation of young players saying this, this team, these youngsters always come back. Maybe it will help them in the long run. Maybe it will help them in the Champions League when they're, you know, if they go away from home in the first leg, lose, and then they say, oh yeah, remember that comeback we did against Celta? It's always possible. And then, and then maybe it gives them the belief and, and puts a bit of fear into the opponents later on. I think, yeah, it's, it's important. Tony, what did you make of those Gav, uh, Gavi, Javi comments about this comeback Barcelona wouldn't have made in the past? Because there have been, there have been Barcelona comebacks in the past. I can certainly think of more than a few, few famous ones. Um, what were your thoughts on him, him saying that, that this is a generational change reflected from society and that Barcelona wouldn't have made this comeback a few years ago? And how will that go down with some of the, some of the older players? Your Busquets, your Albers, your Messis? No, I, I think that what Xavi says is not related with, for example, when Messi was still playing like the 6-1 against Paris Saint-Germain or something like that. I think he was referring more in the last uh, four, three, two years. Like uh, he, he took the team when there was a very negative mentality and players were used to, to stop fighting because they were only losing and losing and losing and having defeats. I think that's what he wanted to say. So for me, I can perfectly understand and I totally agree with him with the fact that normally Barca, these kind of games, would end up losing because it's not the DNA of this club uh, winning at the end. This club normally is only able to win when they are much better. 5-0. Barcelona, when they need to suffer, normally they draw or they lost or they lose. This is, this is the DNA of this club, the history. So I totally agree. And, and I also think it's important what Xavi said, that the young players of this squad, it would be great for them to grow up with, with the mentality of that everything is possible as it happens in Real Madrid because it brings you an extra power. So, so yes, it could be great to, to put this uh, chip in the mind of Pedri, Gavi and all these young players because, unfortunately, those uh, big players that we had on the last years, they, they, their mind was totally broken for those defeats against uh, Liverpool, Bayern München, um, uh, Manchester, no, uh, Liverpool, Roma, Bayern, all these defeats. So Messi, Pique, Busquets, Alba, they were totally broken for these defeats. So now that the, the curriculum, the, 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 the story of these players is still more or less clean, more or less clean, it would be nice not to, not to make them dirty with, uh, with the defeats. And Tony, what do you think he meant by when he said the society? Was that just a weird way of describing the previous players? Or is he talking about the society in general? Like, you know, historically in Catalonia, there's been kind of a bit of pessimism or negativity. No, but yes, it's... It's like this because uh, Catalan people normally uh, we are people very like how can I say not not very funny people people who normally is worried about everything that they work to they love they like to work a lot because they are suffering no because I need to to have money to pay the the the, the apartment uh, and I need to work more so very responsible very worried like not. Like people in the south living la, la, la vida loca, living the crazy <laughs> life. And it's always 
suffering and we are normally thinking that we are not good enough to achieve things. So this is the, the, the Catalan society. So when Xavi says that, I think he wants to say that we have to believe more as a team and, and also as a society that we can achieve things. Yeah, so I, saw, I kind of got the vibe that he was saying that, that, that he's actually talking about not just Barca youngsters now, but youngsters in general in Catalonia now have a different attitude to sort of the older saucies and that kind of thing. Well, yes, because when they, when they are young, you can still teach them on a different way. But uh, Xavi with his mates in La Masia, other mates, they, they were there when the club was only losing and losing and losing. So he also has a, a big bag on his shoulders full of uh, negativity. Well, and the person that Javi singled out and said personified the, the comeback was not a Catalan anyway. It was an Andalusian living the crazy life, Tony, <laughs> in, in Gavi. Yeah, that's why, Mira, you, you can think it's not related, but for, for sure it's related that you see Gavi fighting uh, with everybody, being brave, maybe because he's, he's not Catalan, yes, uh, good point, yes. And just a, quick to talk about one more, one more player on the team, because we've not spoken about him that much in the last week or so since the arrivals of the, the Jaws and the big 5-0 wins, but he did score in both those wins and he scored two hugely important goals at the weekend, Robert Lewandowski. The Robert Lewandowski song was back inside and outside the stadium. He scored the first goal and the second goal. Rick, are we seeing a better Lewandowski now that his complaints have been been responded to, wanting more sort of an attacking lineup? The introduction of João Felix as the the fourth midfielder slash third forward, if you will, um, having someone on the right as well, having Gundogan closer to him. Are we, I mean, were we too quick? To, I mean, it was quite a long run, I guess, after the World Cup where there were a lot of worries about him. But do, is, there, is there Lewandowski Pallarato, as they would say here? Is there Lewandowski for, you know, this season and the next? Or, I mean, we've spoken a lot about what his long-term future could look for. But in this Barca setup, Let's see. Because I think in terms of these games, Celta Vigo, Royal Antwerp, these kind of matches, if you give Lewandowski chances, he will score goals and you will benefit from that. But we'll, we have to wait and see what it's like when you're playing against big European teams. If you can't create this volume of chances, even with the, the sort of the attacking players Barca have now, if you can't create this volume of chances and Lewandowski can't contribute in the build-up, then he might end up being a problem again. But for sure, in, if he's getting all these chances that Barca are making, he's going to put most of them away, in, or at least a good percentage of them away in La Liga. Tony, the negative is the injury to Frankie de Jong. He went off in the first half with an ankle problem. He's going to be out for at least a month, probably longer. It's unlikely we'll see him again until November here. Missed the Classico in all probability at the end of October. I guess the loss of de Jong is also heightened by the fact we're still waiting for confirmation when Pedro will be back. So in effect, Barcelona of the... The five midfielders we were struggling to rotate are left with Romeo, Gavi and Gundogan. How do you think this plays out in the next month? Do you think we see more minutes for Fermin Lopez? Do you think Sergio Roberto gets games in, in midfield? Or do you think we just run Gavi, Gundogan and Romeo into the ground? Yes, I think you, you, you said it perfectly. I think uh, Sergio Roberto, the number one, and Fermin Lopez, the number two, are those who will take more benefit from, uh, from the injury of Frankie de Jong. I think that... Uh, Cancelo, if his feet will play a lot, a lot, a lot in the right back. So it's also perfect for you because you can use Sergio Roberto as a midfield. Uh, also, even if they don't like, uh, uh, if they don't like to play as a right back, Araujo and Kunde for one, two games, you can play them on the right back if you want. And then you can rest Cancelo. With this, I want to mean that uh, Roberto will be available for the, for the midfield. 
and uh, yeah, he will take benefit uh, playing uh, uh, in the in the midfield and also Fermin. Yes, uh, I'm sure that Fermin would have been only uh, when they are fit an option to to play in in easy games which are decided last 20 minutes, last 25 minutes to give rest. But without Pedri, without Frankie. I think that um, serious options that we can see him as a starter in at least one game or at least playing uh, 45 uh, minutes uh, in an easy game in Camp Nou. So, so of course, he will, he will have a jump in terms, in terms of, of minutes. But uh, yes, uh, it, it seems that the same story every, every season. Eh? Barcelona starts well, but then some injuries appear. Now you are without Pedri, without Frankie, so you still have two weapons in terms of creativity. You have only four cards of creativity. No, five. You have five. No. Yeah, you have four cards of creativity, and you now missed fifty percent. These cards of creativity are Joao Felix, Gundogan, Frankie, and Pedri, in my opinion, and you have now only Gundogan. And uh, Joao Felix, so uh, uh, yeah, you are in you are in big problems. Uh, not to face uh, games of La Liga, but uh, especially for me to 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 face the the game again against Porto in Dodragao in 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 next week in Champions League. Yeah, see how they manage that. Rick, going to come to you for the ratings now. Very somber mood around the ratings. Um, there's been a lot of criticism since you since you came <laughs> after the Shark. Um, your negative well, rating. Since I came after the shark, the shark hasn't been able to bite anything. I know you've put a lot of no. lot of thought into them this week on the back of that criticism. So, so take them <laughs> away. Ter Stegen eight, couple of good saves. Don't blame him for either of the goals. Joao Cancelo. This is a very. Hard, I'm going to say seven. It's a very hard rating to do because for most of the game he was five or less. <laughs> seven, five or Goal less. Goal and assist and seven. Well, okay. that's the thing because he played in his own words very poorly. He said after the game. And then in the yeah. last 10 minutes, he went crazy and did brilliantly. So I've averaged he, out at a seven. Okay, okay. I will tell you one thing. I will tell you one. I will ask you a question, Rick. In case Cancelo would have played a top game, or a very good game, but then he's alone, alone, eh? alone, oh. without goalkeeper, one meter away from the goal in the 93rd minute to score the third goal of Barcelona and he misses... You would you would still give him like a a rating of nine or eight? No, 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 no. I probably uh, I probably then, reduce it. Then yeah. then what matters most? Well, but in this game he had certainly for the second goal some blame, possibly for the first because he's not in his position at right back when it goes in, and then he also had the clearance where he kicked it across the front of his own box and it could have been a penalty to Celta because he gave the ball away. Gavi made a tackle and it, the referee decided it wasn't a pen. So I think he made two or three pretty big defensive mistakes and then he recovered them by, by doing well in the last 10 minutes. But he recovered. This is like when um, Michael Jordan was missing some shots, but at the end, on the last possession, you gave the ball to him, pam, 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 and they won the ring of NBA. Big talents appear in big moments. For me, seven, I agree with you. He did some mistakes, but I would ra rate his game at least with an eight because at the end... You need, when you say that you need to sign good players, is not to compete for La Liga because you already won La Liga. It's to compete for crucial moments. 
in against Bayern against City. So Cancelo appears in these moments that you had a lack of quality for these moments. Yeah, but also the worry is in those games. And I, I say this, I like Joao Cancelo more than you two do. And I was the only one of the three of us who wanted him to come to Barcelona in the first place. But in those big games against Bayern, against Manchester City, it's also these defensive mistakes which are a worry. And they could end up costing Barca these big games. Yeah, you're right too with this. Yes. So yeah, I think uh, brilliant, brilliant last 10 minutes, but... In his own words, he played very badly before then. I, I liked how he spoke after the game as well. I think that's interesting too, because not a lot of players are as honest as, as Joao Cancelo is when, when he talks. And he, and he was saying even, just the way he talks is so matter of fact. He was just like, if I play well, Barca will keep me. And if I play badly, they'll kick me out. <laughs> but I, I actually don't think it's going to come to that. It's going to come to the fact that they might not be able to afford him in the end. But, but yeah. Kunde and Christensen, six. Alonso, five. Romeo, five. Frankie, seven. Doing quite well before he got taken off. Lovely little scooped pass to, to Joao Felix, but Felix couldn't score. Gundogan, six. Ferran, five. Had a couple of chances and hit them both wide in the early in the second half. Lewandowski, eight. Joao Felix, seven. And then I have rated all the subs today because they all came on for quite a long time and they all had, if not a big impact, they all had certain... Certainly something to say about each of them. Araujo, an amazing recovery. Amazing recovery to stop Celta scoring at one point. I've given him a seven. Gavi, possibly Barca's best player. I've given him an eight, the same as, same as Lewandowski and Ter Stegen. Rafinha, six. Laminia Mal, five. Couldn't really get involved. It wasn't his fault, per se. He just didn't get enough of the ball. And, and as Javi said after the game, it was quite hard for wide players to, to get involved in this game with Celta playing five at the back. Balde, six. And I've given Javi a rating. I often forget to do that. I've given him a six because I don't think, as Tony said earlier, I don't think this comeback was Javi cleverly constructed comeback. It was desperation, all or nothing. Send everyone forward, put on all the forwards and see what happens. Yeah. Like you say, important thing, Araujo coming back as well. I guess we didn't really touch on that because there was so much going on in the game. But yeah, he came on at half time and provided plenty of lungs. He was everywhere at, at certain moments. And I, don't, I, I don't know if you mentioned this in Romeo's rating I missed it actually but I just um wanted to highlight he made two really good blocks didn't he in the first half in the area which denied almost certain goals certainly one of them um before coming off at the break so shout out for for that it's going to be a... that's true maybe I was harsh with the five but I I don't know I'm I'm having doubts about Romeo I said it before I'm, maybe it's too negative because he hasn't done anything like especially bad to have these doubts but just just worried about him in in the big games yeah. It's going to be a big week in La Liga this week because after Barcelona and Girona leapfrog Real Madrid at the top of the table, we've got a back-to-back game week. Barcelona at Mallorca on Tuesday and then at home to Sevilla on Friday night. And interestingly, Girona travel to Villarreal midweek. Madrid hosts Las Palmas. And then on Saturday, Madrid go to Girona, um, which should be a good game. Madrid lost there last year, of course, 4-1. And Girona have started the season like a train. Um, so that should be a really, really good game. Really big week in La Liga. Rick, what are you expecting? Oof, that Mallorca game will be tough. Mallorca are terrible. They've been terrible. But I just you just know that when Barca go, will go there, they'll play super, super defensively. And it'll be hard to, to break them down unless, unless they get an early goal. And with the game being on sort of Saturday, Tuesday, Friday... It's a, it's a pretty tough run. So if you're looking at players, like Tony said, there's two big creative fulcrums left in Gerard Felix and Gundogan. It's not as easy to be as creative if you're, if you're playing all these minutes and you're getting game after game after game. You need that freshness to be able to contribute. I expect we'll see 
Rafinha or Lemin Yamal, possibly even both of them start. I mean, that's something else we didn't talk about. Rafinha was ended up being used as part of the, the attacking midfield square by Javi in the second half. And Javi said after the game, oh, he can play in the, sort of as an attacking midfielder. And he can swap with Lamine Yamal based on based on how they felt and, and what they wanted to do. That, I mean, it's kind of interesting if, if they need if they think they, they need to bring more freshness into that area and they can't just have Gundogan and, and Jar Felix playing every minute of these these upcoming games. Yeah, and then potentially I presume he's fit and available. Sergio Ramos back at Barca on Friday with his severe side at Montjuic. Tony, just as a sort of thought in addition to Atletico beating Real Madrid, how are we summing up the the Liga title race at this early stage of the season? I mean, I guess we would all presume as much as we'd love to see someone like Girona last the distance that they're going to fade away at some point. Does Atletico's win over Real Madrid mean that we could perhaps see Atletico getting into to battle with Barca and Madrid? Does it mean Madrid are going to fall away? I mean, there have been signs with, with some early comebacks um, in the season that perhaps they weren't 100%. They've now been exploited by Atletico. Where you where are you seeing things? How are you seeing things at the moment? Obviously, only six games gone. Normally, when you when you take the train, when you get on the train on the last minute in the station every day, every day before the before the how do you say la bocina? How do you say the the, the noise that the trains do before leaving? How do you say? <laughs> I don't know what it's called in English. Well, all the trains before their departure, they make like a sound, like to tell you that they are going to leave, like... Warning, just a warning, maybe. Well, uh, just a warning. So normally when you go to the... When I went, when I was going to the university, normally, uh, because I go late everywhere, I was taking the train always with 30 seconds, 40 seconds, one minute before only. So always... In the, in the limit of the wave, eh? uh, surfing uh, <laughs> uh, in, into the drama. Uh, and normally when you do this, there is one day that I lost the train, for sure. So uh, it's never a good symptom. And if you look to Real Madrid's stats uh, this season, they won against Celta in the last minute. They won against Getafe with 20,000 minutes of extra time with Bellingham <laughs> goal. Uh, they won against Union Berlin on the 90, on the 90 minutes. So when you do your homework on the last second, it means that you are close to lose the train. That's what happened uh, in the derby. Uh, for me, there are many symptoms that are showing that Madrid has nothing to do this season. And, and I say it clearly. Uh, their squad is, is, is really horrible in terms of Jose Lu is your striker. Uh, it's true that Chouameni and Camavinga and Bellingham are great, but they need still some time to be more consistent. Not better players, but yes, more consistent because Modric and Cross they were brilliant and they were doing every day. They are older now. You can feel this. So I think that if nothing changes, if Barcelona doesn't relax too much, Barca shouldn't have big problems to win La Liga and I really think that Atletico de Madrid uh, they have a a deep squad so they can uh, end up being uh, second uh, after Barca and uh, regarding Girona for sure they will will drop little by little but yes, uh, I think that we saw yesterday is the the truth of of Real Madrid I think this this squad that they have uh, I wouldn't be very happy or very optimistic if I was a Madrid fan. 
That's all we've got time for today. We'll be back later in the week for Patreons. You can sign up. The links are on our social media pages on Wednesday or Thursday, I guess, after the Mallorca game. And later in the week, we're also due a Q&A. So get your questions in when we put the post on Patreon or on Discord. In the meantime, stay positive.